I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Network Asia. Even if you don't want to be the best dater in the world, I feel like it will be in your advantage to at least learn how to navigate dating. Because in that way, you will be able to choose a better mate. You will be more rational when it comes to your biases when you're choosing a mate. Am I attracted to him or her just because they're beautiful? Am I attracted to them or him or her because of their status? Or am I attracted to them because of how they make me feel? You're listening to Project Loving Myself Podcast, a well-being podcast that shares stories of self-love, mental fortitude, and self-discovery. Hosted by life designer and well-being coach, Sanaya Gurnamal. Hi, I'm Sanaya Gurnamal, and this is the Project Loving Myself Podcast. Join me each week as we navigate through aha moments, new ideas, and flashes of insight from candid conversations that inspire you to get started on your own project of loving yourself. Because the most important relationship you will ever have is the relationship that you have with yourself. You matter. This is Project Loving Myself. Hi there. So here's a little story I have for you today. Let me know if this resonates with you. When you were single, you wanted to be with someone. When you had someone, you wanted to take the next step. When you got married and the honeymoon period faded away, things fell into some kind of routine and then you wanted to have children. And when you had children, then you started missing being single again. Most people are at one point of the cycle not necessarily being able to appreciate where they are, looking for what they don't have, and itching for something better. Why are most relationships this way? Project Loving Myself is a relationships podcast in so many ways. And this is a topic we hold pretty close to our hearts as we explore and discover ourselves every step of the way. Who are you in your relationships? And how do you show up? How would you like to show up? On this episode, we have Philippines' number one dating coach, Vanessa Antonio, fondly known as Coach V, whose life mission is to make finding love easier for people. She is also ABS-CBN's digital channel's love coach and dating show host. Blending the science of dating, sociology, and psychology together, Coach V has found her niche in sharing dating advice and helping people finding love. So let's find out more on today's episode. Welcome to the show, Coach V. Hi, Sanaya. Thank you for having me here in the Project Loving Myself podcast. Well, thank you too, Coach V. I'm I'm looking forward to picking your brain and seeing what comes out of this 
this episode on relationships, dating, being single, not being single. You know, let's just kind of throw everything out there and see what comes out of it. Yes, let's go. So how did you get this title, the number one dating coach in the Philippines? I'm sure there's a pretty good story in there. Yes. Um, actually, I have never seen myself as a dating coach before. I knew that I wanted to bring people together so that we make finding love easier for people. So I was doing more on like events and matchmaking. But then in the process of working with singles for like eight years, then invitations start coming in like, hey, I want you to speak in this um, organization, in this company, in this podcast, in this event. And so... I keep on having um, like invitations when it comes to like speaking about dating and relationship. And although I we deal a lot with relationships, like I always say, like I am a dating coach. That is my area of expertise because um, I also run Singles Events Manila, which is a dating organization. These organizers would usually refer to me in, you know, like the 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 postcards and the invitations that they sent out, they would always put number one dating coach in the Philippines. And I was like, can you take it down? Like, I'm not that person and I don't want to claim that I don't want to be referred as a self-proclaimed dating number one dating coach. So for the longest time, I've been telling that to people who have been working with me, like, I don't want the number one dating coach in the Philippines because I was not that. Until one day I was, I was having like a a dinner with with a group of influencers and they were they were asking me like coach v how long have you been um doing this and i was like i've been doing the dating um thing for like eight years now close to nine years and they were like did you study this they're asking about my credentials and i was like yeah um in back in i was in in college and in masters i was begging my professors can you please let me run studies on dating because dating is not a very common say um scientific research in the philippines and so i was telling them this is my area of interest please let me do like these kinds of studies so since i was just in school i was doing that and then also i i flew to new york just to have a certification to be a us certified matchmaker because i feel like since we've been seeing couples together like coming together because of our events I feel like I don't want to do this for fun anymore I want to take this seriously and I feel like there is a responsibility when you're actually dealing with single people's lives and who you're actually introducing to them and so to cut the story short this group of influencers was telling me you know what you are indeed the number one dating coach in the Philippines we've never met someone like you here especially that uh, we've always been been um, taking our advice from science because you know Sanaya like growing up I've been hearing advice from you know grandparents your friends your relatives and usually they would give you advice from their personal experience and although I love them I feel like there's one area wherein we are not making the most we're, we're not like maximizing that is the science part of love I just feel like you know, when we when we get sick, we go to the doctor. When we want someone to build our, our houses, we go to engineer. We hire like an interior designer because we, we believe they use art and science to make sure that we will have like good results. But we've never really maximized science when it comes to dating. So I feel like I'm not going to take my advice from my personal experience because I have zero experience in dating when I was starting this. So my promise has been I will take it from people who are experts 
experts in the field. And these are the social scientists. So basically, that's how like the number one dating coach in the Philippines have come out. It's really because of the people who has been telling me and telling people that, you know what, you are the only one in the Philippines who has been doing this for the longest time. And you are actually using science to bring more people together and make dating fun for everyone. You know, Coach V, I love that because it was like you were running away from it. And in the end, you embraced it. You know, it was part of maybe who you were meant to be. It's how other people perceived you. And sometimes we ignore what other people see in us only to recognize that that's who we've become. Yes. Sanaya, because during that time, all these years, I was just doing this thing as a passion. I was working as a social researcher. But like a few months ago, I left that job and decided to do matchmaking and dating coaching full time. That's when I realized that, you know what, if I want to be in this field like forever, which I see myself working in until like old age, I have to embrace it in a sense that if people tell us that you're the number one dating coach for them, go ahead. If people think that you should do more matchmaking so you could bring more people together I should embrace it and not just be in denial about it because I've been hearing like um, friends and family saying you know what like it's still like prestigious if you work as a researcher more than a dating coach but I feel like I love being a dating coach like I get killing and excited every day so it's just a matter of embracing it and who like who I really want to become absolutely I agree with you now I want to get into the science of dating So that's kind of something really interesting. But I also want to know how you got into this. So I kind of want to go to the origin story. I read somewhere you were 24, you were single and you were having your own, you know, challenges with dating. So tell me what was going on in your life that led you into this particular field of interest. So with all honesty, our company, Singles Events Manila, didn't just like started because, oh, I want to bring people together. It all started with me. I was 23 back then, 23, 24. I never had a boyfriend. I have been seeing family and friends who are like, oh, you guys look okay. You guys look fine. How come you guys are single? And they've been, they're the ones who really wants to find love, but couldn't find love. And so that started my curiosity with like, is it? you is it me is it our environment or is it just like the place that we are in or the habits that we've got from like growing up so the science of dating i started studying the science of dating when the tips and and dating advice of other people does not seem to work for me like they they would say like you know what maybe the reason why you don't have a love life because like you're always like so serious you don't even smile and I was like yeah maybe that's true but I want to know like I want to know why why do I have to smile in order to get a love life why do I have always to be happy and playful in order to get a love life so I wanted answers Anaya that's why I started looking for mentors and these mentors I've I've found um, these are the people who are studying individual scientifically. So we're talking about sociologists, psychologists. These are the people who have actually spent 10,000 hours studying and understanding love and dating. And I feel like if you've spent the hours understanding, you know, working on this topic, then I feel like maybe I'll be in a better, you know, I'll be in good hands listening to you. And 
I feel like that was one of the best decisions that I have made in my lifetime. Really integrating science into dating because personally, I feel like it worked for me. Now I understand why it is not very attractive if you're if you're always like, you know, frowning and not very social because by the end of the day, dating is a skill. Socializing is a skill. And so if we don't have that, why would even like other people be motivated to like approach us or continue a conversation with us if we don't seem interested at all of course they would move to other people who are more available there's this one um, behavior she called herself a behavioral investigator her name is Vanessa Edwards and she would say that the number one most attractive trait is emotional availability that means that you are open to finding love and emotionally connecting with people. And so even if you're the most beautiful person in the room, if you don't seem to be open, if you don't seem to be happy to engage the people, mm, people are not going to go to you. People are not going to sacrifice themselves to connect with you. So emotional av- av- availability, that trait that you are open to welcome connections in your life is very important in dating. Okay, so are we talking now, Coach V, about body language? Are we talking about our energy and what that says to other people? You know, maybe in the context of emotional availability, How does one show up as emotionally available so that they can kind of invite more people in? Because, you know, what we're talking about, actually, Coach V, is not just about dating, right? It has applications in every area of our life. It's about attracting people magnetically. It's about, you know, drawing clients to you, drawing opportunities to you. It's about friendship and it's about all kinds of relationships because we all want to be attracting the right people, giving off the right signals. I mean, this is really about communication, isn't it? Yes, that's true. And more importantly, it's just being genuine and accepting of what you want to happen in your life. Like, for example, you are a person who wants to find love and yet your body language, the way you speak, the way you look at people or you or you relate with people, it's totally the opposite of what you want to happen in life. So I feel like it's just a matter of aligning what you want to happen in your life and your body language, your words, the way you present yourself. So if you want love, then we must study how to like do like the open body language so that people will be more receptive to our presence and they would be happy to approach us. And then when it comes to our words, like we don't say we don't love, we don't like to find love when in fact, it's all you think about day and night. Okay, so I guess what's coming to me is this is also about alignment, right? Aligning what we want and what our body is saying, what our energy is saying, and even to a certain degree, what our actions are saying. Yes. Yes. Right. And the way I've approached that in the past, Coach V, is like if your if your emotions and your beliefs, your thoughts are aligned, mm-hmm. then your behavior is going to be aligned. But you're adding kind of like another dimension to it that even though you want a certain thing, you're aware you want it, your body language could be saying a different thing and you have no idea. Would it be like they have no idea that that's what's happening, that they're giving off the wrong impression or signals? Can you talk can you talk to us a little bit more about that? 
Sure, exactly, Sanaya. Like we must have this like wanting to find love and to date people that who belongs to the same wavelength as us. But if our body language is actually the opposite of what we want, then that's where we actually have to look at and like be self-aware and maybe work with a professional. Like how can my thoughts reflect or my actions reflect my thoughts? And one consideration spe- specifically here in the Philippines, like dating, like if you say that you want to date and you want to find love, like we are not the most um, liberal, you know, nation in the world. So some people would hide their 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 desire to find someone just because they don't want to be teased, just because they don't want to, you know, be be made fun of. So part of of um, the science of dating is just learning that whether you belong in the Philippines or you live in other countries scientists are saying that if you want to find love then you first like the the body and the words has to resonate and has to be in line with that second is it's really just you know having the courage to say that you know you want to find love and that you don't care about like what other people say, because by the end of the day, the people who have found love are the people who are actually saying that they want to find love and they don't give up on love. So these have been also shown in like a few studies. And so we're like, there's no point that you're going to deny that you want, you don't want to find love. You know what? And if you accept that you want to find love, your actions get to be in line. Like you seek, you seek for people who can help you, like seek for common friends, Common friends is still the number one way to meet spouses based on data. You also be open to coaching. Like, how can I improve myself? Like, everyone can be more beautiful than than we are. Only if like we become like more open and we have like experimental. Like, we tend to like be accepting in terms of life is an experiment, and so you're not gonna be so rigid. Na, I am this. Accept me for who I am. You become like more flowing. Just be open to like the transformation that you can do that you can become. So first thing that's on my mind, Coach V, from what you said is most people are not looking to be like the best dater, you know? It's not like, okay, today I want to become the best dating person ever. Like that's not the goal, right? I don't want to be like a super amazing dater because that's not what I'm looking for, right? I'm looking to find, if I'm a single person, I'm looking to find a person who I can love and who loves me back. And I don't really care about, or I would think that I wouldn't really care about dating itself. My goal is to find love. Now talk to me about this. Like, why is it important to get good at dating versus finding love? Okay. So when we talk about dating, we, we, there's like so many connotations that are not so nice. But when you think about people who are on their deathbed, Sanaya, like when you talk to them and um, listen to what are the memories that they recount, it's all about their relationships. It's their family. It's those stories that are, you know, it's the family story that they value by the end of the day. But then when you really look at it, if it's family, that's the most important thing when we're about to die. Before having a family, just like take a step back. You think about relationship. You had to be in a romantic relationship before you even built the family. But also, before you had that romantic relationship that you have right now, you had to date. You had to learn how to date. You had to be able to to connect with the people that you like and 
learn how to maybe reject those people that you do not see yourself with. So by the end of the day, like this is the family, but where did that come from? Where did it start? It's all about dating. And so if you don't get the dating right, then just imagine how it's going to affect, affect your relationship and how it's going to affect your family life and your overall satisfaction in life when you're just when you're on your deathbed. And so even if you don't want to be the best dater in the world, I feel like it will be in your advantage to at least learn how to navigate dating because in that way you will be able to choose better you will be able to choose a better mate you will be more rational when it comes to your biases when you're choosing a mate am i attracted to him or her just because they're beautiful am i attracted to them or 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 him or her because of their status or am i attracted to them because of how they make me feel so these sort of things like this is what we study in dating it's just being able to understand why do men likes beautiful women is it really beauty that they're after well based on science subconsciously they're looking for women who have good genes because they they tend to think that women with good genes will be able to, you know, reproduce more more children, something like that. Like there's so many subconscious things that are happening. Yeah. We don't even realize them. So studying the science of dating is just they're not it's not going to make you a hitch like a person who's very good at dating, but it's going to tell you. You know why? Why did this person choose the other person more than the other? Oh, I understand. It's because of this and that. So it's more an understanding and being able to re- to to adjust your your action accordingly. So if- one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/achieve today. If you want to meet someone who's just good for one night, then this is how you conduct yourself. If you want to be a wife and you want to be a husband on a date, this is how you conduct yourself. So it's just that, you know, you have kind of like an idea how to present yourself accordingly and how to respond to people in dating. Wow, this is so much more than I ever thought about when it came to dating. And I I mean, a lot of it kind of it makes sense. I mean, even what you said about, you know, men being attracted to someone's genes. I actually, I teach that in some of my classes and I do recognize like genetically, we actually look for people that we think we can mate well with. Like we think they have the genetic traits and qualities that will make our particular set of genetic traits 
you know, like it comes together really well. And it's like you'll have a, a stronger generation or, you know, a, a more well-rounded next generation. And so subconsciously, we're all looking for that, you know, best mate um, from a genetic trait standpoint. Yeah. So I totally hear you on that. But then what about like soulmates and what about self-love? And how about all these other things that are connected to the idea of, you know, finding love and being with the right person. How do you kind of make space for all these different ideas um, in the way you approach dating and finding love? Right. You know what, Sanaya, whenever somebody asks me about relationships, like I try to tell them, you know, like my my experiences and the area that I've studied is dating. As much as I want to be able to, you know, tell people about, you know, this is what you should do so that you will have a strong, you know, long relationship. Like, I feel like I am not yet there. I'm still like at the dating, teaching people about dating. But Maybe some of the things that I've learned when I was studying dating is, of course, the goal is for us to be able to find a romantic relationship that's going to, you know, stand the test of time. You know, yeah. ideally, when you get married, it has to be like they're going to be your forever. So one of the the organizations that I go to when it comes to tips on relationships is the Gottman Institute. So Dr. John Gottman is actually one of the few researchers who has been studying relationships like marriages for more than 30 years, even more. So one of the many things that he was um, based on his studies, he's a scientist, one of the many things that could indicate that a relationship would actually last is attunement, how attuned you are to your partner. So for example, Sanaya, I'm with you, we're together. If I tell you, you know what, like, for example, Sanaya, you tell me like, look, uh, Coach V, like there's a bird um, outside. It's really beautiful. So if you are a romantic partner, you have three three um, options, whether you want to respond to them, affirm to them and say, oh, yeah, that's really a beautiful bird, even if you don't really care about the bird. But you but you make your partner feel recognized and validated. Second is I'm going to say, oh. Not really. The bird does not, looks ordinary. There's nothing special. So you could invalidate your partner. Or, and I feel like this is the worst, if somebody, if your partner calls for your attention, they call it bids. If, you're, if your partner called you for a bid and you'll be like, and then you continue doing your own thing. You just ignore your romantic partner. So Dr. John Gottman, by just observing couples like for less than I think 20 minutes or less, he would be able to to give you an idea whether your relationship will last or not. And it's through it's through this bids. It's looking at how attuned you are with the emotions, with with the reactions, with the need for for attention of your partner. So that's just one of the many things that I learned from from this psychologist. So I guess what you're saying about attunement is kind of what I talk about in terms of compatibility in relationships, that if two people are compatible, that that relationship is more likely to, as you said, as you said, stand the test of time. So I think it's, it's interesting how different points of views actually share common um, beliefs or common ideas. Um, it's something kind of interesting to look at. Yeah. And just to add, it could be compatibility, but more than compatibility, we really believe that attunement is a choice. 
So it's not something that, you know, like you, it's it's either it's there or not. You could actually choose and decide to be attuned and committed to your partner. So compatibility may be like another um, side of the coin, but if you ever want to keep that relationship, that's why they always say like relationship is work, right? But to make to to zoom in it zoom it in like look at it it means that really having that conscious decision to do certain actions that will keep the relationship together more than break the relationship so it's a choice for me that's very interesting so do you think the attunement coach v is it a reflection of the love in a relationship like if a person really loves the other person, they will tend to be more attuned. Is there a correlation? Or they could really love the person, but there's no attunement, which means even though they love each other, the relationship may not last. Is that what we're saying? For me, it's 100%. When you love the person, you just tend to be more attuned to them. And so, but me, some people may argue, right? You know, I love my partner, but it's just that I'm so busy. It's just that I'm not interested. It's just that then maybe you think you love your partner. But when you look at psychology, the reason why, like when we go to the mall, we tend to, oh, this is so nice. Like, oh, you want to be closer in terms of proximity. You want to touch people that or things that you love, that you like. It's just what your brain does. And so if you could, not actually give that certain amount of attention to that person in front of you like is that really love or maybe you love the person out of um, practical reasons but it's not really like something that your heart and your brain really feels it reminds me of situ a situation that happened um totally different example but i think it's so fitting um there was some i was i was just kind of looking i was looking at my emails and i saw an email from a brand that I follow that I like. And okay. there were these sunglasses that were super nice. I really liked them. And I kind of kept it open. And I said, oh, when I have time, I'll go back and maybe I'll order those sunglasses. Right. And I went back to it once or twice. And then I forgot about it. And I thought to myself, because, you know, as I was closing the um, pages of my, my um, screen, I saw that picture of that sunglasses. And I said to myself, wow, I don't think I really liked it that much because I didn't make the effort to buy it. It has been weeks since I saw the email. So I guess I didn't love it that much. And so I just, you know, hit the X button and I closed the screen and I said, I don't really, I mean, I'm not going to buy it because I didn't really want it that badly. And it also connects to a book I read many years ago. It was called He's Just Not That Into You. It was a book. The authors became super famous. You know, they were on talk shows all over the US, I remember. And I think at, at that time I was single, by the way, Coach V. So I think it really appealed to me because it boils down to a very simple thing. He's just not that into you if he doesn't give you that time, attention, commitment. And it doesn't matter how busy he is. He's just not that into you. Do you yeah. agree with that? I definitely agree with that. I know that sometimes it's it's just so painful to just like accept, look within ourselves that maybe, maybe he's really busy. Maybe he just got hit by a car. That's why he does not reply. Maybe, you know, like her mother is sick. That's why she's not going out with me. It's just so painful. Like reality is so painful sometimes. But 
this is the reason why we are studying the science of things, like the science of dating, because we want to be able to understand and at the same time condition ourselves that, you know what, if he does this, what are the chances that they may be interested? Because if they do not give you the attention, there's no way they're thinking about you as their wife, like. Really? So studying the science of dating is actually comforting in a sense that, you know what, if he does not do this, it's okay. Because by the end of the day, all of us are in pursuit to find someone we like and we love and someone that we want to fall in love with. If it's not going to be me, it's okay because there's what? 7.8 billion people in the world. Maybe I would have another chance, but I would have it with someone else. So it's just making your, your, your brain also understand that, you know what? You don't have to push so hard to turn that thing into a love story when it's not supposed to be a love story. But, you know, going by this, Coach V, I think maybe half of the people who are together may not even be together if they followed this piece of advice. Well, that is true, Sanaya. That's why we always um, share, we always share that, you know, even if we, we say these things, it's not like one like one dating tip and that's it. You have to look at pieces. Just like, for example, Sanaya, we teach the science of flirting. So what are the signs that somebody is flirting with you? They, they, they use humor on you. Their, their body language is open. They touch you. They give you their attention. They have like really like long eye contact with you. So if you consider just like touch, if I touch you, is it flirting already? No, it may not be. Maybe I just, you know, I just, hit your shoulder and something but somebody is flirting with you if you are able to see the signs all together so just like in dating and relationship like you don't take one piece and you say oh this is it this is my formula no that's why we also keep we have to keep on learning because by the end of the day we we teach you about this certain study right but like people evolves as well maybe because of the demands in life if scientists have said that you know it has like the significant other have to to spend five hours with you so that you can tell you love them. But by the way, this is not like, uh, this is not actual data, but just an example. Like because of the demands in life right now, especially if you have children, there's no way you will have five hours for you and your wife alone. So it's really being over, like taking tips like with a grain of salt and at the same time just keeping on just keeping on like having an open mind, keeping um, just keep on learning um, that's what I meant. So that we don't we don't become a victim of just one size fits all solution. But it's really just whatever that makes sense to you. Then you you can try it, see if it works. If it does not, drop it because you're maybe you're better off with with other insights from other people as well. And so I'm just gonna kind of recap the way I'm understanding it or the way I'm looking at it is if a person, so you're dating somebody, okay, let's say you're dating somebody and every once in a while, he's not completely into you. You know, he's busy with something, but you know, most of the time he's there, he's committed, he's focused on you. He gives you his time. So now because of those few incidences, we don't want to just say, oh, this relationship is not going to work or this relationship's not for me. So kind of look at the context, look at the whole picture. Is it kind of something that happens one off? Is it something that's consistent before you kind of jump into conclusions? The second point is The second point is that if somebody wants to make time for you, if somebody wants to pay attention to you, it's a choice. And we call that attunement. Okay. And you can tell 
by how attuned someone is to you, you can almost tell how much they care for you and how much they love you. Okay. And so it kind of leads us to the idea that if he just isn't that into you, then it's probably a good idea to look elsewhere to go in a different direction and find someone who can be more attuned to you. And part of what you do with people is you help them understand um, the different aspects of dating, flirting, so that they can get they can do better in picking or finding the right person. Are we kind of summarizing it well at this point? Yes, very well, Sanaya. Um, and just to add, just like what you mentioned, that we we teach people, and for example, flirting, it's not just that we want you to be better flirts. We also want you to be able to decode um, signals correctly. Like, for example, what if like there's this person who is really, really into you, but they're just shy? Maybe they're not like the, the person with the best social skills, but they're sending all these signals, but you're like clueless. Maybe you think they're a friend because they're... They're, they're not doing like something that you were used to see in romantic relationships. Yeah. So when it comes to like dating, even relationships, I feel like like researching, researching in a way that you you observe like is this person is it their is this their pattern? Is it something that they've been doing? Like for example, talking about and asking about the past relationships. Maybe they have loved their partners very much, but they're not the showy type. So if you have an idea that. This is their personality. If if you have an idea that their love language is not really spending time, but actually words of affirmation, then you will be able to interpret whatever they're doing and giving correctly. Just like in flirting, like if you are familiar with these gestures, then you will be able to tell if they're flirting with you or not. Or if you would like to show interest, then you know what to do. So it's just like it's just communication, like teaching people like this is how people communicate when they're dating. They say that when a woman really likes the guy that they're talking to, they tend to want to appear more submissive. So they kind of, you know, soften their vo- voice, they tilt their head so that their faces look more, you know, softer. But when a man is really attracted to, to a lady and they really want to, to, they really want the person in front of them, they tend to, you know, occupy space. They tend to, you know, um, speak more. They tend to tell about all these things that are like impressive about them, even lead a pack if they want to impress you. So these things at least will give you an idea and it will bring you closer to your goal than having zero idea at all. I, I actually really love this. I mean, if someone is struggling and they're in a relationship, they can't seem to understand what the other person, you know, is trying to say or communicate. They, they're getting the signals mixed up. They're confused. You know, you get really flustered in a relationship. It's like somebody could work with you to help them, you know, find more success in their relationships rather than getting disappointed or reading things wrong every single time. So that's kind of the the service that you provide people. Is that is that right, Coach V? Yes, Sanaya. It's, it's one of the many things that we do. It's basically just telling them, you know, like this is dating. It's not the dating that you've seen on movies. This is real life. And if you want to, to be better in dating, just like how you are so good at your work, then you spend the hours. 
So it's just like, you know, building your company, you want to build a relationship, you want to build like a good love life, then you put in the hours as well. So it's just like being fair to the one of the most important, I feel, most important aspect in your life, which is your 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 love life, which is it's going to be a strong predictor of where you're going to be in the future. It will influence your, your lifestyle, your fitness, your money in the bank, how healthy you're going to be, how long you will live, and of course, the face of your children. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Now, Coach V, what are the most important qualities that you look for when you're finding love? Talk to me about that. I mean, you've worked with so many people at this point. You've been doing this for a while, right? I want to switch to the idea of love now. And I know you said that's not kind of where you're at, but... Given the journey you've taken, what are the most most important qualities that you look for in love? Right. So, so um, I would like to share what I have been um, hearing say first from from the clients that I work with. So, I wanted to tell everyone who's who's listening right now that our idea of love at this age may not be the same definition we're going to give love when we're older. Or when we were younger. And so when I work with clients who are younger, like the millennials, 20, oh, I want to find someone like my dad, like someone who's like this and that, like they have like a role model, maybe like a celebrity or their brothers or their fathers, um, someone who like dresses well, someone who's gonna, you know, like someone who, who I can like travel with, have fun with, you know, so it's all these like experience, ref- reference to experiences reference to you know where can we go what can we do build an empire together all those traits that we want um, to a partner but when you start talking with singles who are on their like 40s and 50s you hear people like defining love or or someone that they would potentially fall in love with as someone you know I could just like watch sunset together someone that I could just hold hands and walk in the park Basically, they're referring to, to, you know, just like that emotional connection more than the status, more than the, you know, the color of the hair, more than the stance, more than. So I feel like love is very, very like the definition of love really switches um, through through age. But if there's one thing that I personally um, define love is like, you know, you you found um, someone who is like in love with you or someone that you like basically like a soulmate I feel like that is a person who's gonna you know like a person who chose to love you despite all your transformations because in the course of our life we could be like at one point we're at the peak of our career 
And then the next, like we get sick. Okay, and the, or or in the next phase of our our life, we you know like we become really fat and ugly. And so when you find a person who's you know really set with you, like you know no matter what happened in life, it's gonna be you and me. I feel like that's that's love because it may not be magic at the beginning, but like the sense of commitment. That's what actually make relationships last longer. Because biochemically, if we just depend upon the feelings of love, it runs out of our body after 13 months that's why we call it the honeymoon phase after a year it's like poo i don't feel in love anymore man sometimes if you have built so much foundation during the 13 months it will last like years longer like maybe three years five years and then here comes the seven year itch and you have like the 10 year whatever so it's really just finding someone who's like, I'm so satisfied. I'm so set with you. Like, I want you to be my life partner, no matter how I feel, like whether I feel you're the best in the world or whether I feel you're the worst person in the world, you're going to be my partner. It's going to be us. So for me, it's love. I I, I really like what you've said. And um, about the whole 13 months love running out biochemically, that too, I totally concur with because I, te- when I work with, when I work with, um, couples, couples counseling, healing, you know, working even with individuals who are trying to repair their relationship and so on. One of the things that I teach them is that you actually have to make an effort to fall in love with each other every year. And it's based on that science that pretty much every 13 months it runs out. And so literally it's like in your mind, every year is a new beginning in this relationship. It's a new chance to rediscover each other. And you talked about the fact that I want someone who's going to love me no matter how much I transform in my life. And we're always changing. And that's true. And I think like a year is a pretty good time to reassess, you know, to kind of maybe just think about where you are in your life and where you are in relation to your partner and where your relationship is. It's kind of like a the annual check-in, you know, or we do like an annual health checkup or in business at work, we do kind of our our strategy for the next year. We do our annual strategy or plan or goals. It's kind of the same thing, right? We should be doing it for our relationships as well. What are my relationship goals for the year? What are the things that have gone well for us? What are the things that maybe we need to do more of? And I noticed myself doing this in my relationship with my husband quite pretty, I mean, I would say quite frequently, almost every year we were doing it. And of course, for us, we had like kids within five years of each other, five or six years of each other. So every year our relationship was different because the first year I was pregnant, then I was breastfeeding, then I was pregnant again, then our family, you know, was growing, then we had our third child. And so even in the last five, six years, every year our marriage, our relationship has been different. Every year we're almost like rediscovering ourselves and rediscovering each other in our relationship, you know, and I've changed and he's changed. And I think that's so important to kind of do that check-in or that audit, however you would like to look at it, where you are, you know, having a checkup on your relationship health. Yes. And Sanaya, we do that at work. We do that sometimes even in like in ourselves, like sometimes we do like journals, right? We want to understand ourselves. We want to yeah. track our progress. How am I with my goals? But like sometimes when it comes to like dating and relationship, we just assume that it's a natural thing that's just gonna occur without any effort. So 
that could happen maybe like our our like our the previous generations has been like doing that without like putting in like a conscious effort but like if we are in this generation wherein we are paying more attention to our well-being to our relationship just to upgrade the quality of of the life that we are having so we have an option to actually upgrade the relationships that we have and one of the ways is through this doesn't have to be so serious there are so many people who could help you how to make it more fun how to make it like enjoyable in the process but there is a solution out there we just have to seek for it. Absolutely. And then a good example is, you know, when there's distance in a relationship, sometimes just committing to a date night every week, you know, or I just worked with a couple and it was like, okay, well, maybe we need to have our weekly check-in about how we're going to, you know, do things with the kids or how we're going to plan our holidays and just kind of putting in these little, I guess, this time in our life to address and pay attention to our relationship as much as we should pay attention to dating, for example, if we were single. It's just, I guess, part of that journey of um, prioritizing what is important, you know, what matters. And relationships are definitely something that should be on top of that list. Yes, I I believe so um, too, Sanaya. Um, But also, I just want to be able to underline like one thing. That's why dating is very important because during the search process, which is dating, this is when you actually vet or find your mate. Ideally, the mate that you're going to be with for the rest of your life, right? That's why I highly recommend ladies and gentlemen, don't settle. Go find someone that you really, really like, that someone you'd really, really love. Because we tend to be lazy towards people that we don't really, really like and we don't really, really love. And so when when we know that love is a work, then you better find someone that you know you're going to be happy like working with in a relationship. So even if, for example, for, for the singles out there, if you even if you've been dating for a while and you do not seem to find like you're the one, like please just... Hold the line. Don't give up so easily because by the end of the day, if you want to have a lasting relationship, you got to find someone that you really like, not just like someone to settle with just because you're running out of time or because of pressure. So I feel like that's also one of the lessons that I've also learned. You have to find someone that you really, really like and love. Absolutely. I am a number one you know, believer that we should never settle in love. I mean, that is the one thing I have felt very strongly about since I was in my 20s. I remember people would tell me, you know, you're getting older. You're like, you know, on on a on a rack in a in a department store, you're like the the discount section already, you know. You're like, you know, last chance. It's on like the last chance yeah. rack or it's yeah. like the 70% off and they're like the older yes. you get, you know, the more you kind of aren't very attractive to people as a package. And I would just say to, and so the point of what people were saying to me was like, you know, don't be so fussy. I heard that word so many times. Don't be so fussy. My mom would say that. Um, Her friends would say that. A lot of people would say that, like, don't be so fussy. And I would be like, but this is my life. You know, this is like the rest of my life. It's easy for them to say, I'm the one who's going to have to live with someone. And if I don't, you know, if I'm settling and I don't really want to be with them, then that doesn't bode well for the relationship. And so I would stick to my guns and I would say, you know, I would rather be single than be in a relationship 
where I had to settle. And I really, really persevered. And I believed that I would find the perfect mate for myself. And I manifested my soulmate. Um, and it's something that I have worked with a lot of people to do. And so I do believe that we shouldn't cave in and we shouldn't feel pressured by society. We shouldn't feel pressured by our family members or worry about getting older or like our eggs are gonna, you know, basically they're, yeah, we're going to have to kind of freeze our eggs. Like, don't worry about all that stuff. You know, you're going to live with someone for the rest of your life. Better be the right person. Now on that note, Coach V, tell me what advice would you give people who are looking for love, who are looking to find the right person through dating or otherwise? What's the advice that you would give them? So I would give them two advice. First is, I've mentioned earlier, stick it out. Even if like the, the one does not seem to come, use the waiting time as a way to prepare. Like I would always say, you don't prepare for a date like a day before. You prepare yourself even before you have a date. So like prepare yourself in a sense like um, work out. I'm an advo advocate of just working out because that benefits your mind, body. Also prepare yourself in a sense that, you know, when a partner comes in, like you do not need anything from them because you, you're self-sufficient in terms of your finances. You've worked through your emotions so that when they come, all you want to do is give. Because one of the hardest lessons also that I've learned is you could not just like take and take from your partner. Like even if the partner loves you so much, like there's, there will be an end to it. You have to like give it to yourself first before you and not even expect your partner to give it. Like one of the things that I really want to point out right now, Sanaya, is and I have gone through this, like my personal experience, like I have expected love from other people, not knowing that it was me who does not love myself. That's why I yeah. was like struggling. So the moment that I realized that, hey, the, the things that my partner was giving me, let me try to give it to myself. When I started doing that, I was like, Ah, you're like in a, you feel like you're in a better position to choose a partner the right way because you're not looking at, you know, like you're not looking at expecting things that you could actually do for yourself. So first is just hold on to that, you know, that partner that you really want to find, even if, if it's going to take a while, even if you really want someone to love, even if you want someone to love you and take care of you, love and take care of you first. So that's one. Second is honor your desires. Do not be ashamed. Um, if you are like, you have desires, I feel like recognizing it as long as it does not make you a bad person, it's part of who you are. So yeah. you express it, accept it. And at the same time, listen to it because I feel like desire is one of your strongest motivation. That's why like I'm, I'm a dating coach and a matchmaker right now because I have a strong desire for love. And in, instead of denying it that, no, oh, maybe I shouldn't want for love. I, I shouldn't want love so strongly no I just feel like that's who I am that's where I want to be I want to be loved and I want other people to be loved as well that's why we have um, our company Singles Events Manila because it just does not make any sense for other people who wants to find love and not find love like it's just love it's for free but there are just things that we have to do to for you to find them such as improving yourself or like bringing people together because one of the reasons why people do not have love life is maybe 
they don't have the network for it. So it's just really, again, honoring your desire, using it as a motivation to make your life happier. I love everything you said, Coach V. And I want to highlight something, which is because it's something that totally resonates with me. And it's something that I advocate as well. I advocate for, which is don't sit around waiting for that person to come in and like fulfill you. Okay. Your soulmate, you know, that one person is not going to come and make all your problems go away. Work on yourself, you know, spend that time on your self-development, on your personal development, fall in love with yourself, get to know yourself better, discover yourself, you know, and be the best that you can be in every way. You know, physically, you can exercise mentally, you can be someone who works in some meditation or some mindfulness. There's so many different tools out there for us to kind of work on ourselves to be the best we can be as cliche as that sounds. It's like, if I am at my best version, then I'm going to attract somebody who's also resonating or vibrating in their best self version. Cause we're all, you know, energetically matched to each other. And so I think that is the best advice is, you know, be very clear. This is what I want. I want to find love and, you know, don't try to suppress the desire, claim it, say it, But at the same time, you know, work on yourself and continue to work on yourself. So it doesn't feel like you're just sitting there and waiting for someone to kind of fulfill you, which is not going to happen. The only person who can love yourself completely is you. And if you can do that for yourself first, then finding or attracting that person to love you, I think that part becomes becomes really easy. Coach V, it has been a lovely conversation. I've enjoyed every moment of it. Um, Before we wrap up, I would love to have your project loving myself message to our listeners or your mantra that you kind of live by. What would you like to share with our audience today? So we speak about about love so highly, but when there becomes a point wherein you have to choose between yourself or the idea of love, choose yourself. A hundred percent. Choose yourself first. Love it. Choose yourself. As simple as it is, but as true as it should be. Thank you so much, Coach V, for all the uh, insight that you have shared with us. It was, as I expected, a really great conversation. How can people reach you? How can they find you? How can they know more about what you do? So we, we uh, because of our love for love, we have Singles Events Manila, which is an organization that we started eight years ago. We You can find us on Facebook and on Instagram. And besides Singles Events Manila, whose main mission is to bring people together, I also run my own Instagram. It's called Date Coach V. Date Coach V. So that's where I actually share tips and tricks on how to make finding love easy. So some of them are science-based. Some of them are coming from experiences of those who have dated and found themselves someone to love. So I invite you to please come uh, visit our social media site, Singles Events Manila and Date Coach V. And most importantly, study the science of love. Thank you so much, Sanaya. It's such a pleasure to be here. It's a dream to be here. Thank you again. Thank you too. I love it when I learn new things, don't you? Often when I teach others or I work with others through coaching and healing, I find myself getting a lot of insights from it. For one thing, I'm going to come up with a process for myself to do like an annual relationship checkup or some kind of a check-in or audit 
the way I do for other areas of my life and make sure I build goals around my relationship as well. Just like plants need water and sunlight to thrive, so does your relationship with yourself. And when you can allow that relationship with yourself to blossom with love and attention, then you will have a garden of blooming flowers around you. You will have love in every aspect of your life. If this episode was interesting to you, drop me a rating and give me a review. If you have a friend or family member who needs some dating or relationship advice, share this episode with them. Hit the subscribe button so you know exactly when a new episode drops. And don't forget to share your thoughts and tag at Project Loving Myself Podcast and at Sanaya Gurnamal. The quote I leave you with for today is, The best thing in life is finding someone who knows all your flaws, mistakes, and weaknesses, but still thinks you're completely amazing. So remember, you are amazing and you are so loved. Thank you for listening to Project Loving Myself, joining me on this self-love journey. This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and powered by Pod Machine. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.